Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from scottartist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us as we blunderbuss Minute 73 of Dead Man's Chest. Happy Friday, by the way. Thanks. It's about freaking time. I wonder how long I can actually go before I run out of pirate terms to describe the latest minute we're tackling. The other day I said something like swashbuckle, or as we know, like I just was kind of alluding to, it's not really out of my realm to make up a word. Yeah, you made up a worm in the other... Or turn it into a verb. Worm? <laughs> I said you made up a worm. <laughs> no worms here. But blunderbuss 73. Hmm. Instead of just discuss, let's, let's liven it up a bit. Let's blow it up? Liven it up, not blow it up. There we go. Since I'm sure we're probably not the only ones with tankards full of grog waiting for us i don't know if i want to linger on anymore i just want to get like this thing going let's go is that a canned response that's all <laughs> really you're gonna add blunderbuss effects yeah i i don't know are you sure you're the sound effect person to be doing this yeah exactly no. now i have to apologize for that to everybody out there in listener land that's like that's because i go Whoop-a! yeah <laughs> Kind of weird, obscure, deep cut Friends reference there. <laughs> God. People are like, oh yeah, whoopa. <laughs> so I'm going to whoopa and whip it good as we get going with... In the previous minute, the former Commodore James Norrington, having been dealt a rough year, losing his commission, losing his ship, losing pursuit of Captain Jack Sparrow and the Motley crew. Don't forget losing the girl. Losing the girl's a good one. Losing his sobriety. And of course, the biggest one of all, losing out on a well-kept wig. Well, he takes to the streets of Tortuga in order to earn a few extra bucks. Differentiating himself from the ladies of the night, he goes all carnival style and barks out his services. Come on then, who wants some? Form an orderly (laughs) line and I'll have you one by one. And I wish I made up those lines. That's straight from the movie. Wow. Taken out of context. Taken out of context. How dare you? That's not even possible. This is actual real reporting of what happened in the previous minute. Because things really take a sharp turn in the previous minute as far as the tone of this family fine Disney movie thing here. There you go. Maybe we need to relook at those PG ratings, PG-13 ratings, that kind of stuff. Minute 73 begins with the camera closing in on Davy Jones playing the pipe organ aboard the Flying Dutchman. As we get a little closer, he's using his tentacles to play the keys and the camera zooms in on the locket. The minute ends with Will Turner and Bootstrap Bill Turner running into the rope bracing the cannon. 
not running into the road. <laughs> running to the road. <laughs> not like running into it. He's like, ah, got <laughs> rope burn right on my face now. No, running to the rope that's bracing the cannon. As they juggle for position, Bootstrap yells, let go, boy. As they both turn to see each other, their eyes lock. Bootstrap says, no. Or Darth Vader style, no! <laughs> the hated no heard around the world, the galaxy. No, we just get a we get a more realistic no. no. Yeah. All that's, those nightmares came true. That's nightmares came true. Yeah. Okay. His nightmares? I don't know what you're talking about there. Bootstrap's nightmares. His son's there on that ship that he doesn't want him anywhere near. That's, yes, that's true. But why are we jumping all the way? Because you're the stickler for going in minute order. You're starting in the back of the minute. No, I was just making comments on your no. Oh, my no. Oh, no! my gosh. And you say you're ready for this tonight. I didn't say I was ready for this. I just said we got to get this rolling. I mean, if we really, because if we really look at it, we have to, I think we pretty much like have to start with good old Davy Jones and the pipe organ. You're trying to jump to the No, I was not. I was just making a single comment on your no, and then you got all confused and didn't know what the heck I was talking about. Confused like an old man at the deli? Yeah. Plays a mean organ though, Davy Jones, because I want to move along from that. It's like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. But he's got like a tentacle thing going on there. Well, he puts his whole body body into his organ playing. That's true. For the actually, yeah, I mean it's almost pretty true. Because I guess you have to when you got to have a giant claw hand. <laughs> you got to find other unique ways to play that organ. He's really feeling the music there. He is feeling the music. Feeling the music. It's almost like an ABBA song. <laughs> Feel the music. But speaking of giant claw, my first like tangent for the episode. If you like crazy beef, no, tangent, tangent, not candles. There's candles in the scene. But if you like crazy bee monster horror movies from the 50s, then by all means, you have to like run and catch a glimpse of the giant claw. Now, that's a classic movie there. The giant claw. Yeah. Now, it's really a hell of a movie. If you want to be horrified by a hilarious puppet bird thing. Run. And I say run. <laughs> you got to run to see the giant claw. It's the epitome of B-movie action. I even have a small poster hanging in my Star Wars man cave-ish thing there. My homage to Star Wars room. But I have to have the B-movie, the claw poster in there. Because really, this is undeniable. You got to see it. But anyways, we're talking about pipe organs here. Davy Jones, you know, all that stuff specifically. Yes. I think we were probably talking about his tentacles and him feeling the, the beat of the music. I'm trying to think. Of, I've got like this weird song that keeps coming to mind. Like feel the beat of the music. I don't know. Why'd you have to say that? Because now, I'm, now I, I, can't even, I can't even focus on the I show. I said he was feeling the music. I know. I can't focus on the show now. Not because feel I'm, the beat of the music. I didn't say beat at oh, all. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm extrapolating. But he was really into it. And now I can't really let it go. It is like a link to Phantom of the Opera. When he's doing that. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still thinking of something. But yeah, he's really into it. He's he's like deep in thought with this. Oh, yeah. The pipe organ consisted of three rows of keys. So we can get a little like technical before we start talking about it even more than that. Which Jones was able to play at once using his face tentacles. That's the official <laughs> description there. The wood of the organ curled this way and created like an intriguing appearance there. 
So above the keys was the carving of a woman overlooking what seems to be a ship sailing off into the distance with various angels surrounding it. Legend says that this may be a depiction of Calypso watching Davy Jones and the Flying Dutchman sailing to his locker. Or seem to be locker. His locker. Sequence ends inside of Davy Jones like this extraordinary Flying Dutchman thing here. Kind of the captain's cabin. We're filmed at Walt Disney Studios. Okay. The studio deal there. And I have to say, this set is absolutely incredible. Well, it's a room of pipe organ. A room of pipe organ. Yeah. I don't even know if that makes sense, that sentence structure. The pipe organ makes up the whole room. Yeah, have you seen pipe organs before? That's exactly what they do. All over the room like that? Yeah, all over the room like that. Wait, you'll be amazed. You just got to hold on, because don't worry. I'll be telling you about this. But the detail is unparalleled in his quarters here. It's like undeniable. And then there's the locket, too, of course. I mean, young love, supernatural love, tragic love. The heart of the ocean. His heart will go on. The heart of the ocean. When I wrote that in my notes, that actually came in my head. His heart will go on. That's because that's like a direct quote from Titanic, you goofball. (laughs) You plagiarized James Cameron. How dare you? (laughs) But I'm a fan of the sequence. Not that like Titanic sequence that you're talking about. I'm actually talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Because even Topside with the crew is awesome. But I think I might like have some additional thoughts for that later. Because we're still on... uh, captain's cabin pipe organ thing because his cabin actually certainly was like this very operatic feel to it like i said phantom of the opera thing going on and he has kind of those movements i gotta really re-watch phantom of the opera he's just like really into it yeah production designer rick henricks he was quoted as saying he plays an enormous pipe organ that we had to design and build from scratch it plays as a normal organ would but the pipes have grown fantastically into all of these underwater shapes with steam coming out of them the organ itself has shell and sea life textures backed up to the window of the stern we also designed a painting above the organ keys which has a weirdly sweet and romantic feel to it that was intentional because we were trying to give davy jones character some pathos because he's mourning the loss of a lost love. That's what he said. That's a literal quote there. One that was difficult to get out. Yeah. You won't hear it, but I maybe have said that a couple times. And how dare you for pointing that out? How dare you? I'm usually flawless on my quoting deliveries, but I happen to fumble that one. Multiple times. Maybe it's the grog. How dare you? Seriously. But those uh, pipes kind of yeah. gave me that feel of feather dusters. Yes, you're right. That's, I think, kind of what they were going for. By the way, the organ was carved in four-pound yellow foam, hard-coated, and then painted to look like an abalone shell. Because there's a painting, as we were talking about, on the back, as well as little figures in the waves, according to the artist Michelle Millet, who actually designed it and carved it. We talked a bit about her last season, because she's the one who sculpted the parts of the Black Pearl in the first movie, that whole Neptune scene. Yeah. And I didn't see her name on the IMDb credits, so we have to like look for it when the actual credits roll for this movie. And then maybe I'll even throw a photo of that organ before all the paintings happened up on our Facebook group. I'll probably do that, if I remember. The window, I guess, behind the organ yeah. is really, um, I, I don't... It's um, it's amazing. It comes to a point, you know, it's kind of, kind of like a... Church cathedral like. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You know, I gotta do I didn't everything. I want to go here. into churchy like, but yeah, exactly. It's very cathedral. We've talked it before because there's a I lot know. of references. 
Yeah, it's very cathedral-like. It's got this amazing window window behind it. It does. And actually, I think that's part of the feel for it. Because that actually leads into exactly what I was going to talk about. Because it's hard to believe. Oh, look, I led you into something. Yeah, you did. You actually, something I was reading about. Because, or maybe it's not hard to believe. But there is a trope going on here. And I happened upon it while I was looking into Davy Jones's pipe organ. And as we all know, I like to point out the obvious trope things going on in this movie. So here you go. The ominous pipe organ trope is what it's officially called. Has a good ring to it. Yes. According to TV tropes, sometimes this analogy goes so far as to show the villain sitting at a big spooky pipe organ playing ominous tunes as the heroes walk in on him. Might have that later on. Possibly. Maybe not. How many in movies have you seen somebody playing a pipe organ? Uh, a lot. Yeah. It's a trope for one thing. So that means it happens a lot. But it's all over the place. You need to get out more. I already mentioned one, Phantom of the Opera. Because this is really, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, that's like the classic go-to one with the sinister organ kind of thing. Yeah. And the standard music for the scene is the Toccata in D minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. Is actually what is typically played. But they go so far as to actually say you get bonus points if they're playing their own, like, motif. So Davey is getting a bonus because he's playing his own kind of theme song here. And since I can't let pipe organ tropes go without having, yes, you asked for it, a spot of pipe organ history. That I did. Thank you. There's a strap on your belt and clasp your uh, swashbuckle there. (laughs) Put your swashbuckle on, your big old swashbuckle, because it's time to have fun with organs. Ah! Or, no, not those types of <laughs> organs. No. How dare you? How dare you hijack my show? I said- You're the one who said, have fun with organs. I, okay, not those types of organs. I'm talking about big pipe organs. <laughs> ah! Maybe you should say pipe organs. I then, just said pipe organs. Just organs. I don't even know if that's any better, because I don't know if that helped. I'm talking about musical organs, musical instruments. That'll work. We'll just say that. Musical instruments with large pipe things. The origins of the pipe organ can be traced back to the water organ in ancient Greece. And in the third century BC, the wind supply was created with water pressure. So that's how water organs were done back then. By the sixth and seventh century AD, bellows were used to supply organs with wind. Bellows, you know what those are. Like a, the the yeah. pipe. Not What's a pipe. Called? But, uh, you know, where you have the things and you... Now, see, I got to try and describe this. It's like where you... Oh, yeah, the fire thing. Yeah, there But you I go. was thinking the different... I was thinking musical instruments, the bagpipe. Really? Somebody straps a bunch of bagpipes to this organ? No, that's what I was... That You were talking about a bellow, uh, and so I yeah, was going... Yeah, the bellows. I was going bagpipe way rather than actual fire... And I think this is why I'm just going to move along and not even address your crazy talk there. Because beginning in the 12th century, the organ began to evolve into a complex instrument capable of producing different timbers. And a pipe organ... Really? This is the kind of humor we're going for today. (laughs) Really? It's Friday. How dare you? I mean, seriously, the poor listeners out there. A pipe organ with great leaden pipes was sent to the West by Byzantine Emperor Constantine V as a gift to Pepin the Short. Pepin the Short. King of the Franks in 757. Hmm. Yeah. King, you know, Pepin the Short. Pepin's son, and you know him probably. Yeah. Well, remember? Pepin the Short. Not just Pepin's son, but we should probably address him by his real name, Pepin the Short. 
His son, you probably have heard of, Charlemagne. The short? Not Charlemagne the short. Requested a similar organ for his chapel in 812, beginning the pipe organs establishment in Western church music. Huh. Now wow. we're getting back into the, the, the church, as we can say, motif again. That might be a word of the day. But motif. there you go. The collaboration of organs and churches now. And in England, the first organ of which any detailed record exists was built in Winchester Cathedral in the 10th century. And this was like a huge machine with 400 pipes, which needed two men to play it and 70 men to operate the bellows. And its sound could be heard throughout the city. Wow. Yeah. And you were denying my... Is that still in use today or is it able to be used? That I don't know. I didn't check it out. I'm sorry I didn't go that deep dive. I'm trying to glisten yeah, the pipe organ history, yeah, not bore the audience with pipe organ history. You would think something like that you would check no, out and see no, if it's No, it's not still because in instead use. I brought another awesome pipe organ fact. Instead, in this one, you shall be amazed. I guarantee that you will be amazed. You will walk back your really the whole room was pipes in it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to walk that bad boy back. Am I? Yeah, you will. The largest pipe organ ever built based on number of pipes is the Boardwalk Hall Auditorium Organ in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Built by the Midmer Losh Organ Company between 1929 and 1932, the organ contains seven manuals, 449 ranks, 337 registers, and 33,114 pipes. It weighs approximately 150 tons. Wow. 33,000 pipes. Did you look at that thing? I didn't look. I saw some small pictures, but I was really busy trying to move things forward. But I'm guessing it actually... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can... I did, got... see, I did see that, but I, saw, I didn't see it with that context. And now you've visually shown something that can't be translated to well, the... Okay, I'll post a... I'll post it in our pirate Facebook group. That's just, two posts I got to actually do. Just now. the head-on keys, okay? We're not talking the side keys. Just the head-on keys. There's seven rows of them. I don't even understand how that's possible. That's just the head-on keys. Now both sides have rows of keys that are. That doesn't even make sense to me. Why? Sixteen. That's insane. We'll we'll post that insanity. But really, we it's have crazy. to move on from pipe organ talk. Which maybe we'll, like, st- hey, we'll start another podcast that's just pipe organ talk. And we'll come up with a fancy name. <laughs> we'll slide it in somewhere between dinner with the Donner Party and Jeez. whatever else we had. So if you're done with the good radio of showing me pictures that the audience can't I, see. I explained. I know you explained. So now I have to now add two, you know, my apathy and my laziness into the Facebook group. So now I actually got to go there and do two posts for the Friday show. Facebook thing just to show that stuff off. So, I mean, we can, yeah, we'll have another pipe organ podcast. Riveting, riveting. (laughs) And we can talk about pipe organs all day on that. But the real meat of this minute is really the reunited turners. I got to just say that. That's what's going on. Reunited. I knew that was coming up. And that just came up in the other episode, yesterday's episode. Reunited. We got a thing with whoever's singing that song because I can't think of it right now. (laughs) I don't even know. The only one that's coming to mind. And I can't even think of them as uh, Captain and Tennille for some reason. Because we're in a pirate thing here. Captain just came to mind. But anyways, the fate in the way of Davy Jones brought Bootstrap and Will back together. What do you think of this accidental meetup? Do I think of it? Yeah. You're, it sounds like when you repeat the question, you're just stalling. It's like a stall <laughs> tactic. 
Your I, pause I is really yeah, a stall I don't, tactic. I don't know what I thought of it. I don't know. Glad you're not on a podcast in the show to discuss things that happened in the minute. That would be blasphemy. It's peaches and herb, by the way. <laughs> That's really what it was. That's why you couldn't answer the question because you were so concerned with looking on the internet to find out the singer for Reunited. I don't even know if I've How'd ever they... known that. Anyways, yeah. but anyways. How'd okay. they recognize each other? You mean, I think he's pretty re- recognizable. Yeah, but he was just okay. a kid. Yeah, you're saying that a little how, guy. Did, how did Bootstrap recognize Will? And hey, Will recognized Boosh. Bootstrap. Boosh. <laughs> you got Princess Leia on the mind? Yes. Her disguise? <laughs> it's all right. Princess Leia in the Boosh outfit. There you go. That's pronounced Bush. No, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> I'm not even got. How dare you? That's Princess Leia we're talking about. That is not proper to be talking about that. Princess Leia. Does it look like those two buns on the side of her head? Anyways, that's not. That's taking us off course completely. I asked you a question. And you can't even do that. Okay. I, I, I know you don't even really understand. I'm just going to move on because you don't really have anything. That's what my gathering is. Here. I asked how they recognized one another. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot. I got sidetracked by <laughs> the, the buns. Bush. Yeah, by the buns. <laughs> Princess Leia's side head bun things. Yeah, I think that that's possible that you can recognize them. Maybe it looks like him as a young guy. He would recognize his father, though. Would he? Yeah. When did he? When did his father leave? When he was young. How young? I don't know, 10, 10-ish, 11. Because Elizabeth, remember, she was like 10 or 11, eight years later, kind of put her in the, the ballpark there. Yeah, but did he leave his father? Did his father leave at, at that age or because I, he was let, traveling with his mom? He wasn't traveling or with he his was, mom. He was living with his mom. He was at that point, but then he goes out to find and is on the merchant ship. It gets attacked. Yeah. So who knows how long his dad was actually missing at that point, you know, so he could have been eight, nine years old, maybe. But come on, I think that he would recognize him. Okay. I think he would recognize a father more easily than Bootstrap would recognize Will. But that is just saying kind of in general like that. But like I said, maybe he looks or recognizes himself. And I think that at eight or nine is different than if it's young, way younger than that. And did they more so put then two and two together by Mr. Turner? Possibly. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. I think they just kind of locked eyes and like recognized each locked other. Locked eyes and exactly. fell in love. No. Now, see, that's just disgusting. <laughs> well, you said locked eyes. That's always because they did. Locked eyes always means love. Why has this episode just gone to hell? <laughs> it's like you're a sinister Davy Jones playing a pipe organ over there. Wow. We don't what? really get anything more than some looks of horror, though. At least from Will. Bootstrap is simply shocked at this. Yeah. It's almost like Bootstrap is just about ready to drop an F-bomb that his son is now potentially sharing his fate <laughs> on the Flying Dutchman, right? Possibly, but I don't see Bootstrap speaking that way. No, but he says no. Yeah. Last thing he wants to see is right there. Right. And then we're going to get more details in the next minute. And I'm sure when we get a bit more of the details, we can... Maybe dive more and talk about it, but I just thought the looks were interesting. Yeah. That it wasn't like immediately hug and stuff. I think this is more realistic. Like, are you kidding me? Did, wait a second. It's almost like Will gives a second look, though, a yeah. double take. 
Yeah. He's like, what? You know, he gets that kind of look, you look like. familiar, but. Yeah. Is this possible? You have I barnacles you growing dead. on your face. Yeah. He thought he was dead. Yeah. Now he's getting all that stuff back. Bootstrap is just happy to see him, but then like, oh my God, you're on this ship. This is not good. Not good at all. Why are they lifting a cannon into the air? It's a good question. Moving it around. Yeah, but wouldn't Putting it, be, it in the crow's nest. Wouldn't it be, yeah. For a top <laughs> so shot. So it could fall back down? Yeah. They could shoot I mean, really long on. distances. I don't know. I mean, they're just, yeah, it's weird that they're moving it around. Well, I started down this road earlier. It's like the activity on the main deck. I think it's really well done. From the characters to the design of the whole set, it's really like a notch above Curse of the Black Pearl. But I think that has more to do with like the leap in technology. Yeah. The CG technology. And since you did so well on the other question, here's my next one for oh, you. Oh, no. Is this all just a callback to Curse of the Black Pearl with the crew performing their duties, like the music in the background thing? I think that's what people do on a ship, though. But so it's saying similar- it's a callback. I wouldn't put it that Are that. you sure? Yeah, because, okay. I mean, what do you expect? When you see a ship, you know, do you expect people to just be lounging about? Yeah. I mean, they've got work to do. Okay, yeah, we get that. And I get so that. So that's what I expected. I didn't I don't see it as a callback. Really? I so expected you, them to be working. You expect people to be working, the crew to be working yeah. with music in the background. Well, the music okay. was the drama. Here's where I make my case for the callback. There's a lot of parallels, okay? Besides the crew, the immortal crew, the disgusting almost skeleton-like crew that we saw in Black Pearl and Flying Dutchman thing going on here. There's music going on. There's activity going with the music. Okay. Yeah. You have the captain in his quarters. He's not even really out watching this during most of it. Same thing here. Plus we get Will instead of Elizabeth as the only mortal on board dealing with this. You don't buy it. I buy it. I think it's just like it's dark out. It's kind of the same ominous feel. It just kind of smacks me as like almost a parallel but for will this time yeah he's the one seeing this but he's not really afraid he's actually doing the work now you pointed out i see it i just didn't put put it together in the earlier put two and two immortals together i wasn't gonna say two and two again because i already said that no if you had to choose between will and immortals or elizabeth and mortals immortals on the deck of a ship who would you choose will See, I choose Elizabeth because she's a pirate. She's the real pirate here. She stepped in to save Norrington. I think I might take my chances that she could come to my rescue. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Okay. Will, on the other hand, gets knocked out from these guys. Elizabeth, she stands strong. She hasn't gotten knocked out. She's a woman. They don't want to knock her out. Well, then there you go. Then I take my chances with the woman. (laughs) There we go. That's all I got. That's it. Me. Being saved by Elizabeth, I guess, is where I'm going to end things. Okay. You pretending to get saved by Will only for him to get knocked out right before he saved you. And I have to you. save him. <laughs> That's how it goes. Now I got it. Got a theme here. So you're saying you're a real pirate now. Yeah. You do enough drinking for it. <laughs> Reminds me, we got to wrap this up. I need to go. That's right. Yeah, we got to get the <laughs> hell out of here. Oh, oh my God, it's drinking time. We'll be back on Monday. Minute 74, dead man's chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling and the, uh, what? Grog, rum drinking? Okay, the horn swoggling to a minimum yeah. and the rum, grog drinking to a maximum. Because yep. it is the weekend coming up. Yep. I'll go enjoy it.
Go and have a fun weekend. If you want Will to save you, you can dream about that. If you want Elizabeth to save you. Or having to save Will yourself. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's your story over the weekend. Then we come back to reality, real pirates on Monday. With, like I said, minute 74 of Dead Man's Chest. Yep. There we go. In a couple weeks, we go to the Pirate Festival, though. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to start uh, plugging that. Yes. And we'll talk about it. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew Listeners Group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.